are live. Happy Monday, everybody. My name's Mike Jimenez. This is the Alamo City Sportscast coming at you from beautiful San Antonio, Texas, West Side and West Bear West County, represented today. My name's Mike Jimenez, Joe Garcia, producing today's show. And it's going to be a big show today because we now know who's going to take part in the Super Bowl this year, Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers. Two dramatic games yesterday leading up to the Super Bowl matchup. We'll get into both of those games. The Spurs are trying to do something they haven't done since December of 2022, and that is go on a winning streak. We'll talk about well, that. I was telling Mike, I said, hey, the Spurs are on a two-game winning streak. He's like, we're not no, on they're a, not. We're not on a streak. <laughs> streak means three games. That is oh, what streak man. means. And you were on one this on the weekend, dude. What was this thing that you were putting up on Twitter, getting all the people riled up again? Oh, uh, lots of things riled people up. One of the things that riled people up was the fact that I have a tall tale that I'm going to give oh, today. Oh, God, bro. Fact or fiction, man, I was at, the, I was at uh, a <clears throat> bar last night, and someone reminded me of, of something that happened to me many, many years ago. And the question was, am I partially, not fully, am I partially responsible for one of the numbers <laughs> retired at the Frost Bank Center for one of the San Antonio Spurs. Man, Am I partially you responsible? You talk about some tall tales, that? dude. Yeah, and then the comments that people were giving us were, were, were funny when it comes to that. Oh, I like the picture that the video that I put up of me and you at the game on Friday. Yeah. They were calling us the COVID boys y los puffy tacos. There you go. <laughs> we have to talk about that also. Joe and I on the fifth row, me badgering an official. I'm a high school basketball official. I'm over there badgering an NBA official, and you know what? I was right, and the replay proved it. So, again, if you want to take part of the show, reach out to us on YouTube. Uh, our chat line is open. You can also buy us a coffee, QR code on the top right of the screen. If you want to tip us, again, it doesn't go to pay our bills. It goes to help with the equipment and stuff that, that is needed to make this show happen. Uh, lots more to get into as well. We'll get into some pop culture and some nostalgic news. But the big two stories there are – the Super Bowl matchup, and the Spurs going on a three-game winning streak. But let's talk about the games last night, okay? Because, yeah. you know, I thought I hit the nail on the head. On Friday, I predicted that the Chiefs would win, and I predicted that the Lions would win. At halftime of the game yesterday between the Lions and Niners, I was like, oh, my God, my predictions are coming true. But, man, that that epic collapse last night. I think we need to talk about that game first. The Lions game, you mean? The Lions up 17 points at halftime. A massive collapse to lose that game to the Niners. The Niners just destroyed them in the second half. What was the score at halftime? It was like 24. It was 24 to 7. Yeah. It was 24 to 7. And probably the biggest turning point in the game, 24 to 10, third quarter, midway through the third quarter, the Lions are well within field goal range. It's fourth and two, and they decide to go for it and miss it. They took three points off the board. San Francisco scored quickly, and now it was a brand-new ball game. What happened later on in the game? Fourth quarter, Lions in field goal range again. Dan Campbell, head coach of the Lions, decides to go for it, drop pass. We've talked about Dan Campbell, about how he has brought a new culture into the, the Detroit Lions, a team that went 0-16 a handful of years ago and was on the cusp of making the Super Bowl. 
But the fact of the matter is, is that someone needed to stop Dan Campbell from himself. Do you know what I felt like like this was, Joe? What? I felt like I was watching the movie Tin Cup. I thought it kind of had shades of the Falcons collapse in the Super Bowl. You know, that's a very good point because you had that 28 to 3 collapse. It was so crazy how that happened during a Super Bowl, but we have Super Bowl 58 coming up. Yeah. And I question whether or not the Niners won that game or did the Lions just choke it away? Because the Lions opened the door. The Lions took points off the board. My goodness, man. Doing Okay, I would understand if that had opened up a 16-point lead and it was still a two-possession game. But by not going for that field goal and not making it a 17-point game, that suddenly became a three-possession game. And on top of that, you kick off, and it changes the, 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 the line of scrimmage. It changes where the ball is, is after the Niners on the next possession. And also, it adds to the momentum that the Lions already had. I believe that the game would have been over had they gone for the field goal, gone up 17 points with, the, with you know halfway through the third quarter. I think the game was over at that point. But someone needed to stop Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell did this, by the way, in the Cowboys game that the Lions ultimately lost. It didn't have to go that way. Yeah. I mean, I know there was a controversial referee uh, call down the stretch and all that stuff. I get that. But it didn't have to go that way. He refused to go for a field goal when conventional wisdom says you kick the ball. Conventional wisdom. Now, I know there's analytics, right? And a lot of people don't like old, don't like these new analytics that say, you know, you should go for on fourth and one and a half at the 38-yard line or whatever the case may be. There is not one coach, not one coach in the NFL that would have gone for it in that situation. They would have gotten the points. They would have gone for the points. McCarthy would have kicked the ball. You know, D'Amico Ryans would have kicked the ball. And Belichick would have kicked the ball. Yeah. Every single head coach in the NFL would have kicked the ball. Dan Campbell last night after the game saying, I understand that I'm going to be scrutinized, but I don't regret my decisions. That is stupid. He failed his team. The other point of, that we need to get into is Brock Purdy. Last week, the national media roasted Brock Purdy because they were like, okay, he's not as elite as the rest because Lamar Jackson, uh, because of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, because of all the other quarterbacks that had been in the playoffs, right? I mean, no one was going to say that Jared Goff was that much better than him. I, I hate to say it this way. Does race play a factor in why we think that Brock Purdy's not elite? I don't know if it's it's race. I think it's just mostly the the eye test when you're seeing him out there. Is it the I Mr. Mean, is it the Mr. Irrelevant aspect of it all? I don't just I just don't think that Brock Purdy has that what you would call star presence, you know, even though his stats might show otherwise. And when he goes out there, the one thing about Brock Purdy is he's very low key, almost like a Tim Duncan-esque kind of player where he doesn't draw a lot of attention to himself. He just goes out there and performs and he performs well. And the thing is, it's not like sexy, you know, he just gets it done by not making mistakes. Now, here's the thing. You, you take a look at Patrick Mahomes, first round draft pick. Lamar Jackson, first-round draft pick. You have Jared Goff, the number one overall pick in the draft, and then you have Brock Purdy. I think a lot of people want to crap on Brock Purdy. And to some respect, I guess I've done so in the past as well. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that the guy gets the job done, and the guy wins. 
Yesterday, 20 for, 360, 20 for 31, 267 yards. But most impressively, he rushed for 48 yards, including two big scrambles down the stretch yesterday to move the chains, to get them in position, to, to, to go for the go-ahead scores, to put the game away. Brock Purdy did it with his arm. He did it with his legs. <clears throat> Christian McCaffrey still doing what he does. You know, 20 uh, rushes for 90 yards, two touchdowns. But, man, the Lions were in control of this game. It was 24-7 at halftime. It was 24-10 midway through the third. Kick the damn ball, and the game is over. Josh Reynolds of San Antonio, John Jay High School, with a very, very costly drop in this game. Yeah, I like Mario Cavazos' comment, by the way. He's pretty good. He is pretty good. <laughs> Jesus Rivera says, pretty kicked ass. I was going for the Lions, though. I was going for the Lions also. Jesus Rivera says that loss is on Dan Campbell. But others are saying Dan Campbell plays that way. You know, he's a very risky, go-for-it guy. And I know that we're playing hindsight 2020. I get that. Had he gotten these first downs, he would have taken more time off the clock, and it would have been like, wow, can you believe he did that? How brilliant that was. But it didn't happen. And not only did it not happen, it didn't happen twice, right? They did not go for a field goal twice. And how much did they lose by again? Three. Three, 34 to 31. He took points off the board. I understand. Now, and if it was fourth and inches, fine. But it was fourth and two. That's like going for a two-point conversion. It was fourth and two. Ridiculous. Against San Francisco's defense that is one of the top five in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know if you want to show it, but Rudy J puts something up on uh, Twitter or the X yesterday. It's pretty funny, man. If you go to yeah, his let's, Twitter, let's, yeah, yeah, he, he has Dan Campbell when he's brushing his teeth in the morning, and it's a little kid in a clown costume. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I thought it was funny? I, I saw uh, several memes about Dan Campbell yesterday. My favorite one was uh, Dan Campbell at a poker table. I mean, at a poker table, blackjack table. He gets eighteen hit. Oh, <laughs> man, God, he's man. hitting on the 18 man oh man uh but it's it's so funny dude um they they played so well uh is it true that eminem flipped off the crowd i don't know dude i was i was kind of paying attention to the game but i was working at the same time so i was kind of watching looking and seeing what was going on but i gotta tell you man the one game that was to me that was like the game of the day had to have been the Chiefs and the and the and the Ravens. Yeah, we almost had the Eminem versus uh, Taylor Swift type of thing. By the way, had Taylor Swift gone in the stands and flipped off everybody like Eminem did, the world would have fucking ended, and Fox News Channel would be burning the place down, right? Oh yeah. But Eminem does it; it's perfectly fine, right? If you, if, if people want to say that there's double standards in life, this is proof of it. Eminem gets to be a dick, but but you know. God forbid Taylor Swift goes onto the field and kisses her boyfriend. God forbid that she does that. But that was a great game. 17 to 10, Chiefs are victorious. The Chiefs came out early on and started pounding the Ravens defense. The Ravens were the number one defense in the NFL this year. Yeah. And the thing about it is this. Patrick Mahomes was getting rid of the ball within two seconds almost every single play. The running backs were not dancing around. Isaiah Pacheco would find a hole and burst through it. Clyde Edwards-Alaire kind of sucks, but anyway, he was kind of doing his thing as well. But Travis Kelsey came up big again, man. Some of the greatest catches you'll find. That touchdown, you heard, you hear back shoulder? It was on his back, That dude. was back hip. 
It was thrown to his back hip, and he caught it. How many tight ends can catch that? And he broke Jerry Rice's record for most receptions ever for a playoff career. He was kind of going down, and he caught it like with one hand. He scooped it, yeah. and brought it in. And then there was also was that like, pass. Damn. That was also that pass where he extended a drive because Mahomes dinked it to him, and he full out extended for it and caught it. Travis Kelsey is amazing, and his two best games of the last two months have happened to have been the last two playoff games. And remember this: he had 986 yards receiving this year. Man. His teammates wanted him to go out there, get the 14 yards to extend the streak of a thousand yard seasons. What did he do the last week of the season? Sat out on purpose. He took himself out of that game because he said, I'm not going to have a bye week. My body needs to rest. That one week of rest has done so well for him. He had two touchdowns in the first playoff yeah. game. Touchdown again yesterday, 17 to 10. Yeah, well, you know he needs to rest because what was that, that saying from Rocky? Women weaken, weaken the, the legs, legs right? man. They weaken the <laughs> legs. Uh, it, it, it's funny because uh, you saw Taylor Swift go onto the, onto the field, and it pisses off so many people. Oh, uh, but Robert Griffin III, I think, had it the best. You know, former Heisman Trophy winner from Baylor, former uh, NFL quarterback, said, man, if, you ha if you're hating on Kelsey and Taylor Swift, and you hate on their love for each other and how happy they seem, that just makes you a hater. That's yeah. all that it is. It kind of makes you a dick is basically it. And I found it funny there, Joe. One of my good friends, Brian, uh, he and I were going back and forth watching the, uh, the, the Ravens-Chiefs game. And he was like, oh, I'm so annoyed by Patrick Mahomes and by Travis Kelsey, right? Going on and on about all the attention they get and, and all of that stuff. And I asked him, I said, Brian – Who's your favorite football team? It's the Patriots. Patriots. And I said, dude, we had to endure a decade of Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Tom Brady also had a superstar wife in Giselle Bunchen, who was the biggest supermodel in the world at the time. Right? And then Gronkowski is more outlandish than anything that that uh, Kelsey has done. What is, what's Kelsey getting shitted on for? What? doing a Pfizer vaccine commercial? What, because you don't like his Campbell soup commercials? Dude, Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey are the future of sports media. We think that it's Pat McAfee. Dude, Manning Cass sucks. I would rather have a Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey cast, a Kelsey cast, when they're both retired. And I think that if he wins the Super Bowl, he should just retire. Really? Travis Kelsey's 34 years old. He's getting up there in age, but if he can still ball, I mean. He's 34. He's his 34. brother hung it up. His brother hung it up, man. Uh, not officially yet, but it all, all signs appear to, to be that that's going to happen. Uh, but Travis Kelsey yesterday, 11 receptions for 116 yards and a touchdown. Almost half of the passing yards that Patrick Mahomes had. Patrick Mahomes threw for 241. Uh, Pacheco, 24 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. The Chiefs are back in it, man. They're the third team in NFL history to be in the Super Bowl four out of five years. The Bills did it one time. The Patriots did it one time. And now the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in NFL history. The best quarterback in NFL history. He's not the yeah. GOAT. The GOAT's Tom Brady. 
but the best quarterback in NFL history by far is Patrick Mahomes. We have a $5 super chat coming in from the Drew Show. Appreciate the tip, my man. Says Patriot fans are the biggest haters of Kansas City Chiefs and Mahomes. We all know why. Shout out to former Spur Culture poster boy Brent Forbes mugshot. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that that came out of nowhere. Squirrel. Okay. Yeah, they're the biggest haters because, again, what's the difference between the best and the greatest? You know? Yeah. There's a difference between the two. Greatness comes with rings. And Tom Brady has seven. He has seven. Patrick Mahomes is going for number three, but Mahomes is on track step-by-step step with him because at the same age, Mahomes right now, if he wins this Super Bowl in two weeks, Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, will have three rings at the same age that Tom Brady had three rings going toe-to-toe with him. But there's no way in the world Tom Brady could do what Mahomes does. Mahomes can do everything that Brady did. You know, I heard this, I think it was yesterday during the, you know, the post-game telecast that they had. And they were talking about the Chiefs Ravens. Right. And they were saying that there's some just some players out there that just have what they call the uh the clutch gene. Yeah. And they're like, Kelsey has it and Mahomes has it, mm-hmm. dude. Like in the biggest moments, they just find a way, man, to make spectacular plays like Kelsey or like Mahomes to continue the play. And be able to still connect to your guy yeah. down the field and just keep the drive alive. And they have to be the scariest out in the playoffs right now or in the last five years because this was the year that we thought, man, Kansas City has regressed. Yeah. They have no wide receivers. They have uh, they lost two games at home. They were 11-6. and six. Mahomes having to play his first playoff games on the road. Goes out there, knocks out Buffalo, knocks out. Uh, the uh, the Baltimore Ravens, it just breaks their hearts, man. This is the season where the where they were on the ropes, but this is also the season in which the Chiefs had a top tier defense. Look at every single team that made the Final Four, yeah. AFC NFC Championship games. <laughs> Chiefs, great defense. Ravens, great defense. Lions, great defense. Niners, great defense. Well, I would say the Lions had a great defense. They had some secondary issues, but still, they were good enough, right? Lamar Jackson, though, after the game, coming out and saying that he is so disappointed in how things happen, how things transpired, saying that this was their opportunity. They don't come around very often, man. They really don't. Um, Drew reaches out and says the best example of Mahomes' greatness was him scrambling to the left and throwing a pass out of bounds left-handed. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I don't know if that's a joke or not, but a lot of what he does is not mess up sometimes. Yeah, he knows when to throw the ball away, and sometimes he throws that ball away going to going to his left and throwing it out left-handed. He has completed passes left-handed. He will throw sidearm. He'll throw underhanded. He'll throw a he threw yesterday a, a pass that was like a grenade. It's always money it just, though. He just man. tossed it up in the air. Yeah, for for Kelsey to get under it, he knows he is so in sync with Travis Kelsey, and that's another thing about these yeah. teams. The, the importance of having a, a top tight end, Sam Laporta for the Lions. I mean, Kittle had a slow day yesterday, but still, it's great tight end play. Mark Andrews went healthy, has Baltimore. You have Kelsey going on with, uh, with the Chiefs. But this Chiefs team is a dynasty. Opportunity to win three rings in five years. Sounds like the Spurs, when the Spurs won in 05, 07, and then uh, 3, 5, and 7. Yeah. That's a dynasty right there. And 
Patrick Mahomes is chasing a legacy out there, and there will always be those because I don't think he'll get seven like Brady. He'll probably get four or five. Well, we do man. His career's not even anywhere near done yet. Yeah, but his life will be a lot different when when uh, Kelsey hangs him up, man. Kelsey already 34 years old. I mean, Kelsey is older than Gronk when Gronk retired. Yeah. Hey, I heard an interesting stat about uh, Tom Brady. Did you know Tom Brady has uh, the ability to come back and play again next year? I don't know if he he, the el- he has the ability, but should he? The eligibility though is with the Michigan Wolverines. Oh man, he can actually because of the new rules of NIL, and because he's no longer a professional player and has sat out a year, and he had one year of eligibility. In theory, if he wanted to go back to Michigan and play a, play a season, he could. Because he has one year left of eligibility. Yeah, there is a picture right now of Eminem flicking off the crowd. Yes. On NFL memes. It says Eminem at the NF- NFC championship ship game, keeping it real. Yeah. 100. Yeah, he's flipping off the crowd. Yeah. And 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 does he get crap about that? No. You know, Taylor Swift could have picked her teeth and people would have given her shit. Speaking of Taylor Swift, by the way, the big question has been, is she going to be able to be in attendance at the game? And the answer is yes, because her Eras tour continues next week. She's been off for a few weeks. Yeah. Eras tour continues in Japan. But the weird thing about Japan is that even though she has a game, a, a concert the day before the game, they're behind us in time by several hours. So she actually picks up a day flying from Japan back to Las Vegas, 13 hour flight. She will have 25 hours to. Sleep, get rest, and go to the game. That's amazing. Yeah. Drew show with a super chat. $5 tip. Appreciate it. Cha-ching. Says the difference between Dak and Brock uh, is the, the horseshoe shirt up the ass interception that deflected off the DB's face mask. That was a turning point. So Brock Purdy threw a pass 50 yards downfield that should have been intercepted. Ricocheted off of the face mask, went straight up in the air, was caught by a Niners receiver. They scored a couple, a touchdown a couple of plays later. Yeah. And we, we also got a $5 chat from Chris our Leha. friend, Christopher Leha. Thanks, Chris. Texas Tech back in the Super Bowl again. Woo Red Raiders. Raiders. A la verga. That's right. That's right. You know, and we can actually claim him, right? I mean, we can claim Patrick Mahomes as a Texan. That's why we have to cheer for this, this guy, man, because he's a Texas guy. Went to Texas Tech. And, dude, he's so good, dude. He's so good. But this is going to be the highest-rated Super Bowl of all time for two reasons. One, obviously, the Taylor Swift factor. The second thing, though, is that it involves the Niners. And the Niners have a lot of people who watch the Niners, right? Because who are the most watched teams in the NFL? The most followed teams are the Cowboys, the Niners, the Steelers, I guess you can say Green Bay. Those are the most followed teams in all of the NFL. You add that with the celebrity aspect of the game. You add that with the Patrick Mahomes going for more legacy points in this game. You add all of that together, and you have the perfect storm for the most watched Super Bowl of all time. We saw this in the divisional game between the Chiefs and the Bills. Nearly 51 million viewers on average for a divisional playoff game. Yeah. Dude, this is massive. And, and and the good thing about it is the refs didn't get involved yesterday. That's the good thing about yesterday. 
I know that there are a lot of Ravens fans upset about a pass that was intercepted in the end zone. They're like, oh, the receiver got touched. The receiver had already ran by the ball, right? He was out of the play. Yeah. Yeah, he was. And uh, my goodness. So I'm excited about the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm going to create my Super Bowl squares. Uh, so I do this thing where I do not only squares, but I also have what's called a scenarios game. <laughs> and the scenarios game is I put up various scenarios like everyone puts in like 10 or 20 bucks, right? Yeah. And I've come up with 50 scenarios that may or may not happen. And one of the scenarios might be uh, – and you get you get picked at random. You don't get to choose your scenario. They get assigned to you uh, like it's generated. And one of them would be like a kick's going to go off an upright or crossbar. Or if you want to do a pop culture one, uh, Taylor Swift will kiss Kelsey uh, on the field. Or it could be, I don't know, Usher will fall during his performance. You know, just something like that, right? And my friends love it because they're like, dude, these are scenarios that are just so random that it might actually happen. Super Bowl rematch is what they're saying here. Chris Gonzalez and Mario Cavazos. How many of these players going to get wasted the night before the Super Bowl game being in Vegas? Hey, no, that could be a factor. No, man. It, it won't be a factor, dude. You know, they, they are so locked into the hotel room. And they have so many walkthroughs. They're not going to be doing anything. Who was that guy for the Atlanta Falcons that disappeared? Was it Eugene Robinson or something like that? So I don't remember who it was, but somebody disappeared. Yeah, there, there was somebody that uh, he was arrested the night before the Super Bowl. I'm looking it up right now. This was back in 1999. It says Atlanta Falcons safety. Eugene Robinson was arrested Saturday night on a misdemeanor charge of soliciting sex from a prostitute. <laughs> No, oh my God. What a way to go, man. Like, damn. <laughs> yeah, and I, I believe that was the day before the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. And then he also had that one guy from the Raiders one time who had a mental breakdown, like some sort of mental health issue, and he missed the game. It was just too much for him. Jesus Rivera reaches out to us on YouTube. Chat says uh, he's taking the Chiefs and Taylor over the Niners. Why? Because fuck them. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Drew says to quote Shaq after the interception and TD Campbell and his team became masters of panic. Dude, they, they nutted up, dude. I mean, they had all the swag in the world. Just kick the damn field goal. Go up three possessions. Take some pressure off the defense there. <clears throat> and then he, and then little things that happen or weird things that happen like a ball ricocheting off of someone's face mask and bouncing up into the air don't hurt doesn't hurt as much because you'd be like, oh, okay, well, they scored a touchdown there. We're still up two possessions. But instead, it's like we're only up one possession. If we go three and out, they get the ball again. They can tie the game, which they did. Dan Campbell lost that game. And I know a lot of people are like, well, there was drop passes. Josh Reynolds dropped a pass. Laporta dropped a pass. All of this crap. Uh, Amon St. Ross St. Brown Drop what could have been a first down pass as well. Yes, but the coach should not be the one losing the game for you, and that's what Dan Campbell did. Man, these guys, they got me laughing right now. They, so there's a thread that's going on right now. And it's like, of course, Jeff Garcia is at the top of it, right? It's right. Like the tall tales, right? Oh, we, uh, we were going to talk about the Spurs. We got yeah. the tall tale first, though. Yeah, that's the fun. tall tale is funny, though. It's just, you know, everybody, because you're talking about, you know, hey, did I have something to do with maybe one of the jerseys going to the rafters? Yeah. And my favorite one so far was Chris Leha. 
he taught Chip how to become the, the greatest shot doctor. And the other one that I loved is John Dwyer. He says, yeah, he managed to taught. You taught uh, Leha how to pour cement. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, Chris Leha, MCS General Contracting, reach out to them if you need some uh, concrete placement services. Diamond hard. Diamond hard. Talk about concrete slabs for your home, for a business, parking lots, even basketball courts. MCS General Contracting is the place to go, man. It is the place to go. They do a fantastic job. The weather's cooler, and they've been in business for quite some time. More than 30 years of experience over there at MCS General Contracting. Follow them, and you can follow Chris Leha on Twitter as well because he will oftentimes post photos of the job sites that he's at. They yeah. do a great job. They do swimming pools, all sorts of things. Yeah, you can follow services. him. He's known as the Equalizer on, on the X on Twitter, and he's at C. Leha, L-E-I-J-A-3. Chris Gonzalez reaches out to us in our YouTube chat saying he menaces tall tales that he told the Spurs to tank in 97 for Duncan. <laughs> okay, tall tale time. And and first of all, I, I thought about this yesterday because uh, I met a listener of our show, a viewer of our show on YouTube, and I'd never met him before, but he was a friend of a friend. And he goes, dude, I, lo- I watch your podcast all the time. And where did we meet him? We met him at Little Woodrow's. Woodrow's. Okay, but we also met a, a listener at the Spurs game. Yeah, a couple the, rows in The guy was us. right in front of us. Yeah, man. he goes, say, hey, love your show. So that's pretty cool. So I was talking to this guy, and uh, he was talking to me about old school players of the of the uh, the Spurs. And yeah. he was telling me, yeah, I'm 10 years older than you, but I remember the days of this player and that player and this player and that player. And then he started mentioning some players from the 80s. And I told him, I said, look, I'm, I was born in 77. I grew up with little posters of Alvin Robertson, Gene Banks, Mike Mitchell on my wall, right? And we were talking about players that had their jerseys retired. And it reminded me of something that happened in my career early on. And I'm not saying that I am the reason that a Spurs jersey got put up to the rafters. I think I played a role, a small role. So let's go back in time. No, man. The year was 1998. I wish I had music, dude, like Back to the Future music. And I want people to react to this and tell me if they think it's bullshit or not, because this is actual truth here. Here's the thing. Back in 1998, I was 21 years old. Where did I work in 1998? I worked at KSET 12. And what was I doing at KSET 12? I was a producer, one of the producers of a show called Instant Replay, which still exists today. Sundays after the news, right? 10 12. So I was one of the ones who did that. Now, part of my job was not only to write the highlights for the day, but oftentimes I would do features, but I was never the person on air for this. I would write it for either Greg Simmons, Cordell Patrick, or David Sears to read. I would go off, I would do the interview, I'd write the story, but they would front it as though they were the ones doing it, but it was actually me that put this together. I did an interview that day, that that week, for a feature, and there was features every Sunday. They still do it now. That feature was on Johnny Moore, hmm. and it was about how Johnny Moore was still part of the Spurs organization, that he worked for them, and and I did a whole retrospective on his career. Johnny Moore, uh, you know, his career was cut short because he had desert fever, and and he came back for a little while, uh, but his health ended his career. He was a fan favorite point guard, or what, double zero back in the day? Yep. And I was talking to him, 
uh, on this feature, which again was fronted by Greg Simmons about his career and whatnot. And, and I asked him the question, you know, you are the all-time leader in assists for the Spurs since was broken by Avery and I believe Tony Parker. And I asked him the question, I said, because of all that you've done for the Spurs organization, do you believe that your jersey belongs up there with James Silas? And he gave a very eloquent answer. Very eloquent answer. And ultimately he said, yeah. I, I hope and, and pray that one day my jersey is up on the rafters. The Spurs announced that week that they were going to retire his jersey. Oh, check this out. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I'm the reason why. I was going to say but what I what I am saying was <laughs> I find it highly coincidental that Johnny Moore's jersey was was announced to be retired the same week that I did a feature that I wrote for Case at 12 that Greg Simmons had on his show. That's all I'm saying. Maybe it was in the works prior to me. Maybe that announcement was going to be done anyway. But it's just highly coincidental that I actually did that story and wrote that story on behalf of KSAT, fronted by Greg Simmons on Instant Replay that week. They're saying that when you tell your tall tales, we should have the Wayne's World. Music. <laughs> so now that I've told you that story, Joe, do you buy any of it? Oh, man. I, when, you when you start telling your tall tales, man, I, there might be some truth to it. But I wonder how much is embellishment. Do you believe that I did a feature on Johnny Moore? I believe you did a feature on Johnny Moore. Do you believe that Greg Simmons fronted it? Not probably. Of course. I was a producer of his yeah. show. And back then, you got to keep in mind this. 1998, KSAT 12 Sports was a big deal. Oh, yeah. They started the instant replay. Nobody else was doing that at the time. Right. There wasn't you know, all the streaming services. Yeah, there no. were no iPhones. If you wanted to watch highlights of the game, you either watched SportsCenter or you watched Instant Replay. Yeah, Instant Replay was ahead of its time because it not only showed stuff from the national media like sports going on in the sports world, but local too. It was a local version yeah. of SportsCenter, right? And so back then, if you were watching sports, you were watching that. And KSAT was number one in the ratings at that point, all that stuff. And, dude, I wrote a feature on Johnny Moore. I interviewed him, all that stuff. And, again, I asked him the question, do you believe your jersey belongs to up on the rafters? And he goes, yes. I hope it one day does get up on the rafters. And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, Spurs make an announcement. We're putting his jersey up on the rafters. Yeah. That's the thing. So Jeff Garcia from Lockdown Spurs and Cans 5 reaches out. <laughs> Like Mario Cavazos, man. Johnny Moore and I were in, in jail detention center at the same time. I was there for DW. Oh, I, I, I don't know. God, I don't know his man. history. He's not Alvin Robertson. Lockdown Spurs, uh, Jeff Garcia says, you're doing some advanced Bikram yoga stretching, Michael Jordan stretching at Space Jam with that Moore jersey retirement he met us. Okay, first of all, I'm going to stand by what I say because it was a big deal to watch instant replay back then. It was a big deal, and I was the producer of that show, and they happened to name Johnny Moore or announce that his jersey was going to be retired after I interviewed him and asked him, do you want your jersey retired? I think that's funny. 
I think it's highly coincidental. I like Bias's uh, comment. Stretch before you reach, menace. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I'll never know if that's the real answer. Like, I can go back in time to other quote-unquote Jimenez saw tales and know the answer that, like, that, yes, this is true. Yes, this is false, right? But with this one right here, I'm not saying that it's true. I'm just saying that it just all seems very coincidental. And by the way, the next time I did see Johnny Moore, he smiled at me. We didn't talk about it, yeah. but he gave a smile. And I kind of felt like that was like a, my man, <laughs> type of moment. You know what, man? I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to change the subject real quick, though. I keep seeing this cutout of Wemby with the stack of the, the ice HEB creams. ice creams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it says, how do tall. you stack up, he's right? 17 tall. Bro, we need to get one of those in the in the in the studio. Why? So I can show that I'm 11. I mean, <laughs> I, I want I want this cutout. I'm like, where can I get this? Do, am I gonna have to go to the Marbach here on on Mar? Well, the HB on Marbach. Yeah. And just go and steal it. Like, go in the store and just walk out nonchalantly with the with the cutout. Like, what's up? <laughs> Are you gonna stop me? I mean, come on, man. I, I need one of these cutouts, dude. Dude, uh, I think that cutout's great, man. I think that's that that's funny. Uh, Drew show with a five dollar. Super chat right there. Another one. Appreciate the tip. Says, you had to bring up instant replay. Hits my feels. Greg Simmons did nothing wrong. Bring back the Simmons. Real life Kent Brockman. Dude, Simmons. Uh, I ran into Simmons uh, a while back, man. Um, it was January of last year when I ran into him at the uh, Alamo Dome. And I am a... I, dude, you don't understand Greg Simmons. Uh, he's the Greg Popovich of... Sports anchors here in town. Because who interned under Greg Popovich? I mean, uh, uh, who interned under Greg Simmons? Well, I did. Um, Cordell Patrick did. Anthony Pittman did. You know, there's a, there's a long list of people. I think Chuck McAtinick did as well. There's so many sports reporters and sports anchors that have come through San Antonio who got their start through Greg Simmons. And I was one of them. And I could never have been a news producer, a sports producer, or a news reporter without him. The weird thing is, is that, like, I worked with Greg for four years, two years as an intern and two years as a producer. He still refers to me as his former intern. Hurts a little bit. Hurts <laughs> a little bit intern. because I was also a producer over there. Uh, but he oftentimes refers me to me as that. Uh, but Greg Simmons is a very, very, very good man. Uh, he is interesting. Jeff Garcia from Locked On Spurs. Are you kidding me? MJ acquired taste reaching with that more Jersey retirement story. I mean, he wants some credit for it too. No, I'm not saying that it's a hundred percent the reason for it. But what I am saying is, is that I did do a feature on Johnny Moore. I did ask him that question and guess what? Guess what? It got retired. Or the announcement was oh, made man. days later. Joe Gonzalez, MJ, that's Mellow Man Ace levels of mentiras. <laughs> that's a straight skeezer. <laughs> oh, look at his 100% credit, Mike. Bringing no, Greg Simmons in the credit. show to give I'm you the proper credit. credit. <laughs> I'm not asking for credit. Okay, take a look on my screen here. Oh, take a look God. on my screen here. Me and Greg Simmons. When I ran into him at the eight, at the uh, uh, Alamo, Alamo Dome, Dome during the Spurs' 50th anniversary uh, celebration, the game they had against the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry coming into town, ran into Greg, and he congratulated me on everything, right? 
Uh, Greg was my guy. I worked them for five years. I was 15 years old, and I was at home in the 78238. I was a sophomore or junior in high school, and I got a phone call, and my mom goes, Michael, phone. And I grabbed the phone. We had a 30-foot cord. I went across the room thinking it could have been somebody. And I was like, hello? And he goes, hi, this is Greg Simmons. I was like, Greg Simmons from KSAT? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm reading your school articles in the school newspaper, your sports stuff. And I see that you're also writing for the Express News because I, I would do entertainment stuff for the Express yeah. News as a teenager. And he goes, someone mailed this to me. Do you know who mailed it to me, <laughs> to him or sent it to him? Was my girlfriend in high school? Oh man, she put together a big old like binder of my stories and whatnot. Gave it to her friend who was interning at KSAT, who gave it to Greg with my phone number. Greg called me, asked me if I wanted a tour of the TV station, and I never left. I was there for five, four and a half years or so. And Greg Simmons brought me in. They thought I was in college. I was in high school, and Greg taught me everything I know. And Greg was brutal towards me. He was uh, like his his style of 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 coaching, his style would never be tolerated ever again. He was angry. He would he would throw things. He would he would be demeaning. But I got better because he did that, and I stood up for myself against this guy, and he respected me from it. And years <laughs> later, uh, you know, he flags me down at the uh, Alamo Dome. So I would go and write stories for him. He'd send me out to go do features. You know, he's not going out and interviewing high school coaches and going out and interviewing Johnny Moore and going out and doing that. I would, and I would write the stories for him, for him to voice. Chris Gonzalez, Jimenez would talked about McDonald's should bring the McRib back. The should bring back the McRib, and the McRib brings back the McRib. <laughs> McDonald's brings back the McRib. Yes. So you're going to be the one that's going to have the McRib reinstated over. At and and I wish Jeff Garcia was on to talk about this. Uh, but man, my career spanned a while, uh, a good 10 years in the media. So before I was, you know, sports talk radio, Michael, before, I mean, think about that. <laughs> I got out of the media in 2005. God, bro, this nickname, man. Boy reporter. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a scholastic book title. <laughs> Dude, I wrote for the Express News when I was 16. Oh, did he ever call you coconut? Oh, my God. No, no. But Greg Simmons did throw my 21st birthday party. The OG, triple, triple OG, man. Hey, man. There's my, been stories said my, about Mr. Simmons. My 21st birthday party thrown at uh, a fine little establishment here in San Antonio. Yeah. Hey. Uh Greg Simmons used to used to be a a, a ladies' man back in the day. Bro. Yes. By the way, uh, picture of my dogs here. Uh, met a dog trainer yesterday at uh, the uh, Little Woodrow's, and we we're talking about it. He's actually in the military with Australian military. He's over at Lackland doing training. He was telling me something about huskies. He would say that huskies really only need to eat once a once every other day. He goes, he goes, why do you all Americans overfeed your dogs, feeding them two or three times a day? He goes, they're animals. They eat once a day and sometimes just four times a week. And I, I have to research this even more, but he goes, dude, that's how they work. He goes, they, they need a lot of water. He goes, but they eat when they're hungry. They don't eat because they're bored. Yeah. He goes, humans eat because you're bored. Oh, you want to go get something to eat? Ah, screw it. Let's go get something to eat. Humans eat because we're bored. He goes, we should not be feeding our dogs the way that we feed ourselves. 
He goes, they're not grazing out in the wild. And I was just like, interesting. Oh, Tim Gonzalez, Dan Cook, and Greg Simmons are San Antonio sports legends. That was the other tall tale that I that that no one believed me on was that Dan Cook would take my money. Because uh, Dan Cook, I worked with, I worked at Ken's. Did you in, take him to prom? <laughs> I worked. I, I took a woman named Cyan Tortucci to prom. She was a hottie from Thomas Jefferson High School. Um. So uh, again, Dan Cook, I worked with with uh, at Ken's. The final year of Dan Cook's career. That's how I met Joe Ryan Eagle. No oh, man. So I, I've been pissing off Joe Ryan Eagle since the '90s, right? That's why I liked working with him at, at Sports Star. It's because I used to go to his office just to piss him off. And years later, we would do radio together from time to time. Uh, but uh, no, I I'm a big fan of of all those old school guys. It'll never be the same. It'll never be the same. So yeah, uh, but I never worked with Dan Cook. I just knew him from the newsroom. And he would ask me, he'd go, hey, hey, uh, you want to play a game? I'll play you for a dollar. I'll play you for two dollars. A buck. A quarter. And we would we would throw quarters up against the wall. And whoever's could bounce off and be closest to the wall. He one time did like a mini putt-putt in the newsroom. And we played that for a little while. I also did the eyewitness newsreel. You remember the, the, yeah, the Chris I remember Maroon? that. I was also an editor of the newsreel for a while. And I hated it. That's the worst thing I ever did in my life. Was the eyewitness newsreel just gives me not gives me nightmares thinking about it? Let's talk about your San Antonio. No, what gives Spurs. you nightmare fuel is that freaking king cake baby, dude. I'm yeah. looking at a picture of that damn son of a bitch right here on the screen as I'm scrolling through X for stories. Yeah, that thing's nightmare fuel, dude. Uh, let's talk about the Spurs real fast. Did you know that the Spurs have won more games in the month of January, or just as many rather than they did in December? November and October combined. They were two and two in October, one and 13 in November, two and 12 in December, just five wins. They were five and 27 when the year started and they're five and nine this year in 2024 this month, right? Uh, tonight, they have the opportunity to get a, a winning streak for the first time since December 12th, I believe of 2022. You came up to me and you said they've won two games in a row, two game winning streak. That's not a winning streak. It's a winning streak, bro. The definition of winning streak is three. <clears throat> you win a game, you win back-to-back, -back, you have a three-game winning streak, and then a four-game winning streak in there, and so on and so forth. The same goes for losing streaks. A losing streak counts as three or more. Spurs tonight favored by three and a half points, taking on a team that actually has a lower record. I believe it's the Wizards this tonight. Uh, who you got? I got the Spurs, man. Maybe they'll officially win that third game. So you can say they are officially now on a three-game winning streak. That's right. I have I've polled people this morning. 105 people have voted. 89.5% saying that the Spurs will win again tonight and get that three-game winning streak. I mean, they'd end the month or be right around the end of the month at six and nine. Still not a good record, right? I mean, this is how exciting Spurs fans are right now excited about things going on is that they're that they're excited about a six and nine month or a potential six and nine month you and i went to the game on friday night we saw the spurs play uh and uh, they played portland and we were on the fifth row and then we saw them play minnesota the game after and it was the first time we mm -hmm. saw Wemby do back-to-back -back games jeremy sohan went off friday night's game yeah. Over 30 points scored. 
I, I told you, I told you, I'm in the fifth row. He's going off right in front of me. I said, he's doing this because he's doing this in front of me. He's trying to impress me. Hey, I did go ahead and, and go at you on Twitter and told you if you were ready to sign the Jeremy Sohan apology form. Okay, here's what we'll do. If he has a third <laughs> game in a row that's really good, oh man, I would on, I'll man. bring it out and maybe I'll sign it. He's had two games this year where he scored 30 plus points. Yeah. He's also had about what 20 games where he's been single digits. I mean, you 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 get the good from him, you get the bad from him. It's just like anybody else, it's about consistency. But what we saw Friday was a was a a a an effort from Jeremy. We saw Devin Vassell play well. Keldon, but the, but the game against Minnesota though, the come from behind victory, how electric it looked and sounded there at the Frost Bank Center. It was like a playoff atmosphere, man. Spurs fans have been hungry about it, and, and that's why I'm not going to shit on anything today about the Spurs. Because we should all be happy that they've won back-to-back games. It's been so long since they've won three in a row. I mean, they won back-to-back earlier this season. They started yeah. off the season three and two, for crying out loud. Um, it's been so long. So I'm not going to crap or rain on anybody's parade when it comes to the Spurs. But what we saw uh, against Cat, what we saw against Gobert, and Anthony Edwards was special. It was special because... Look at the plus minus. When Wemby was out there, it was plus 19. When Trey Jones was out there, it was plus 18. When Wemby is not on the court, when Trey Jones is not on the court, they are the worst team in the NBA. You put them on the court, they start playing a little bit better together. The Spurs are finally getting the ball into Wemby. They're finally feeding him. And as I mentioned on Locked on Spurs with Jeff Garcia, don't forget to follow him at Jeff G Spurs Zone on Twitter. Uh, I subscribe to Locked On Spurs for daily Spurs content on Spotify, also on YouTube as well. It's a great show. I was on there and I was talking to to Jeff about it, and I was saying they're playing Sohan differently the last couple of weeks. What was he, the starting point guard for 20-some-odd games? Yep. Then they moved him to the <clears> four. <throat> but now the way that he is going towards the bucket is so much different. He's rolling towards the basket, and Wemby's finding him. Trey Jones is finding him. Yeah, he scores 30-some-odd points, right? He'll knock down one or two three-pointers. But all the points that we're seeing there, I'd say all, it's hyperbole. It's like two-thirds of the points that we're seeing are all within five feet. They're all within five feet, which is exactly what he should have been doing, which, which frustrates me as a Spurs fan. By the way, happy belated birthday, Pop, 75 yesterday. It frustrates me as a Spurs fan because it's like, yeah, I knew he could do this. Everyone knew that he could do this. But why was he put in the position to not do that? Because Pop wanted a tank, man. And and that's basically it. But uh, I mentioned yesterday on Twitter that uh, I'm looking at the stats of the Spurs players for the season. And the stat that impressed me the most was about Trey Jones. Did you know that Trey Jones has an effective field goal percentage right now of 55%? Even your that effective is, field goal percentage, dude. That's like your favorite stat. It is my favorite stat. It's yeah. like it's like RJ Ochoa from uh, Blogging the Boys. Yeah. Uh, he, like, he loves DVOA. Two-point shooting for Trey Jones this year. Last year was at 50.6%. This year, 60.1%. A 9.5% increase 
in accuracy. Now, his three-point shooting is still at 28%. But you put it all together, his effective shooting has gone from 48% to nearly 55%. Yeah. Why is it going up? It's because he's finally able to finish drives. Something about it last year was he would drive to the bucket and it just wouldn't go in. It reminded me of Lonnie Walker in his early first couple of seasons where he would drive and he'd beat somebody and then he would just brick a layup. He's finishing at the bucket. He's getting a little bit of a teardrop going on. Dude, Trey Jones offensively is doing a lot better. But I had a conversation with somebody yesterday about Trey. Do you believe was the question? Do you believe that he's the future of the Spurs when it comes to point guard? I still don't. I still don't. He belongs on this team, but I still think that he's a quality backup. I think he's a quality backup. And the reason I say that, Joe, is because Trey Jones's defense is still not there, man. He's never been a defender. That's the thing with Trey Jones. He's He can run the offense. He can score some points here and there. But he's not on the court for his defense. And that's the thing with a lot of these Spurs players. And I was watching that show that's on News 4, uh, the sports show that's kind of like instant replay. Yeah. And... I think it was David Chancellor that was talking about it. And when he was saying what he was saying was true. And he was saying that the Spurs basically uh, need to go ahead and make some trades. You know, they need to go ahead and do something so they can win some games. That way the team knows what it's like to have a winning culture. Because right, right now he says it's not good for these young players to be brought in into this losing culture. They need to learn how to win. And the only way that they're going to learn how to win is that they need some veterans that they can bring in that can play defense. That way they can change the dynamic of not only the locker room, but also what's going out there on the court. Because if you get this team used to losing the way that they keep losing, what does that tell them? I like what you're bringing up with that. I really do, because that goes to the point about what it means to be a veteran. And this is the fallacy of the rebuild is that the problem that you see is that a lot of Spurs fans and maybe even pop believe that the Spurs are going to get better simply because they're more experienced on the court they're together. Not. They're, they're not. not. They're not going to get better. Losing does not foster winning later on. It doesn't, man. You need to play with better players to bring up your game. Look at how happy they are after two wins. Right. right? And play and you're beating shitty teams. Well, one was you, good. You, one was good, but you're being a shit you beat a shitty team in, in Portland. But the thing is the dynamic overall, and it's not just the players across the Frost Center. Everybody was happy, there was a better vibe. Why can't they have that happen on a consistent basis? The only way that their Spurs are going to get rid of this losing culture you have to make that transition you need to that, bring winners in to teach players to. how to become and, winners and the good thing is is that he brought up a good point and i want to bring it up to you the only way the spurs are going to go ahead and, and get into this mode of starting to win games and changing that culture changing the mindset is you have to go after some of these veteran star players you know like big name players you have to make a bid and and use some of that draft capital that they have to start bringing some of those players here. That way they can play around a one-victor Wembeyama. And maybe some of the other pieces that you want to keep 
so they can start changing that culture from losing to winning. And that way the team will get better and start winning games more consistently. But do we really believe that the Spurs are going to be buyers of the trade deadline, which, by the way, is 10 days away Thursday? They need to. That's the thing. If they want to go ahead and change the dynamic here, they need to make some changes. Just standing pat, going, going to the draft, drafting younger players, that's not going to be conducive to winning. It's going to be more of the losing more losing for another couple seasons. And who's to say that that will stop anytime soon. If this team doesn't learn how to win, we only have Wemby for four years on his rookie contract or three. It can decide he wants to be traded. If they don't make him happy and they don't surround him with some pieces that can get this team back to their winning ways. You think the kid's going to want to stick around here? Exactly. By the way, we have a couple of super chats coming in from Drew show. Uh, one saying the Spurs identity going back to, uh, Dave Robinson's rookie year has been defense ever since that Bryn Forbes hit the lineup. It's been gone yeah. uh, going on to say that Wemby and Sohan's defense identity um, needs to return and players like Barlow and Wesley need to play more and have less of Devin and Keldon out there. He calls them a pipe dream. The problem that you have there, Drew, is the fact that you're giving up one positive thing and picking up another negative along the way. So, for example, you might say Barlow and Wesley, right? Barlow and Wesley might play better defense, but they're not as good as Keldon and Vassell offensively. And you're giving things up. Trey Jones, baller offensively. Defensively, defense. cannot play defense. That's the, the stigma with the San Antonio Spurs right now, is that they can go ahead and put up points, but they can't stop the opposing team to save their lives. And that cost them a lot of games, especially when they're close in the fourth quarter. The Spurs need to learn how to win games. And that's the one thing that they're starting to figure out, but they need to do that consistently. The only way you're going to start to learn how to win games is you have to have that veteran presence on the court. Right now, this team is way too young and inexperienced, mm -hmm. and it's not going to get better if you keep rolling out the same crew that you got from the last season, the season prior, what's going to happen next season? Right. Same and, and thing. You and I can go on yeah. in the past of when the Grizzlies sucked, you know, before they started, before they got John Morant. Uh, Sacramento Kings have sucked for many years. Indiana Pacers. Just because you keep a group together doesn't mean that they're going to mature and suddenly start winning. Yeah. You need to have winners teaching others how to become winners. You losing 60 games every season you're not suddenly going to suddenly turn it around and be a 60-win season. It doesn't happen that way. Bleacher Report just released an article right now. I found it to be interesting. Uh, it says what every team needs in the NBA at the trade deadline. And it says the Spurs' biggest need of the trade deadline is a point guard. And it says, quote, the Spurs already have a solid point guard in Trey Jones, but Popovich has been reluctant to play him heavy minutes alongside Victor Wembanyama, in spite of plenty of evidence that it helps the rookie star. It says the front office might be forced to, might, might force its coach's hand by acquiring a high-profile number one like DeJounte Murray, who has reportedly been a target. It goes on to say that the Sohan point guard experiment was fine to try for a bit, but obviously didn't work. He's more versatile doing other things. Um, again, we're 10 days away. Thursday, February 8th is the trade deadline. Spurs have done a lot of moves 
in recent years. Hey, maybe one of the moves. Then this is just me throwing something out there. You know, if you're not going to make a trade for a point guard and you have one DeJounte Murray that is arguably on the market, right? Yeah. The, 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 they're, they're open for trade talks, right? right. If you're not going to make a move there, this is crazy. But what about going after Devin Booker? His contract's going to expire at the end of the 23 24 season. 24 25, he has a player option. Yeah. He can opt in or opt out. You would need to have some sort of assurance that he's going to do it. Uh, yeah. We have a, a $2 uh, uh, super chat there from Drew. Uh, asking the question, well, whatever happened to if you can't play defense, you can't play. What happened to that? Uh, that's the thing. You know the point guard that I think the Spurs should focus on? Make it a family affair. Go get Trey Jones's brother, Tyus. Tyus Jones. <laughs> Tyus Jones. The guy can knock down threes. And, you know, it, he's reportedly on the trading block as well. He's not going to cost a lot to get. I oh, would go after God. Tyus Jones. Jeff still... Still mad that we didn't go see him during the when Leha and um, Baez went up there. He puts oh yeah, no Tim Guns, MJ and Joe did yeah, not meet I, me. Yeah, I big I big timed him, dude. As much as I love Jeff Garcia, I was not going to miss one play from the fifth row. We were on the fifth row Bro. with free beer, free beer, and free, free food hey, and free snacks. You were eating salmon, salmon for the first time ever. Chef prepared salmon. I mean, we had a good spread where we were at. Yeah, you know. Sorry, Jeff, but <laughs> we good, bro. Not, not, not going to happen. Not going to happen at all. Uh, but the Spurs, again, in action night against the Wizards, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Should be a win for the Spurs. It would be their first winning streak since December of 2022. James Molina reaches out to us on our YouTube chat, says okay, Oklahoma City Thunder had back-to-back 21 seasons before they won 40 games last year. They had three lottery picks in the same draft. Well, the thing about that, James, is that they, they picked the right players. I mean, when you're going off and drafting SGA and you're drafting Chet and you're drafting Josh Giddy and you're drafting J-Dub, they, they've hit every single year. We had Primo and Luka Samanich yeah. as our first rounders. Jeff said he's not mad. All right, Jeff. <laughs> hey, look at this. James Molina puts, in 2025, Spurs are expected to have multiple first rounders. So what the hell does that mean? You know, if you go ahead and arguably you have multiple first round picks, does that mean that any of these first round picks are instantly going to come in here and, and do something and do right something away? Right away. It's well, not going to happen. The Spurs like that. had three first rounders a couple of years ago. We had Jeremy Sohan, Malachi Bronham, and Blake Wesley. And a lot of Spurs fans, Camp. What else did they have? That other Josh Weiss Camp in the second round. We, yeah. You know, uh, well, I mean, Spurs fans are wanting to 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 kick. Malachi brought him out the door because he can't do anything defensively. Blake Wesley, you know, when he plays is okay, but he's been hurt a lot of his career with the Spurs. And Sohan's coming into form, still around the ninth best player that draft. So the Spurs didn't lose out. I mean, J-Dub yeah. was behind him. I'd rather have J-Dub than Sohan. Uh, but still, it wasn't a bad pick considering where they were picking. It's not like the Spurs got the... 15th best player at number nine. They got number nine, the ninth best player at number nine. Hey, sometimes you can go and slip down in the draft and there's still quality, quality players left there. Case in point, look what happened with uh, Nikola Jokic. You know, you you can still find some quality players further down in well, the draft. Yeah, you know, I mean, that, it's that, not like, hey, it's a guarantee that that's going to happen. The same thing can be said with your first round picks. You know, if you're getting up there 
and you know you get a top five player a top 10 player it doesn't mean that every single player at that one through 10 is going to pan out your your odds are better if you're getting a, a top five pick a top three pick you might get a better quality player that could stay in the league and maybe you can go ahead and foster those talents to come out and it's not going to happen right away. It takes a couple seasons. We, but the thing is, if the Spurs always look to draft, go to the draft to draft these younger players, how's the team going to get better? They're going to get younger. Uh, a lot of people are mentioning on the threads and this was correct. So I stand corrected. SGA was not drafted by Oklahoma city thunder. He was drafted, drafted by, by the, the LA Clippers. The Clippers traded SGA for Paul George. They got, that was part of the trade there. So the, the Clippers got Paul George. The Thunder received SGA, uh, Danilo Gallinari, a uh, first-round draft pick that became a Trey Mann. They also got a first-round draft pick that became Jalen Williams. They won that trade, my man. Yeah, and here's They Drew. won that trade. They also got a 2024 and 2025, uh, a, a 24 draft pick, a 25 swap, and a 26 first-round pick, all for Paul George. Yeah, there's another tip from the Drew Show. Appreciate you, Drew. Yeah, it says uh, stop with the uh, OKC correlation. SGA had a one year under Chris Paul learning tree and a playoff run before those 20 win seasons. Stop with capital <laughs> letters. Stop. That is true. And James Molina says it does not, but I think they're following OKC blueprint. Just pointing that out, not advocating for lo- losing seasons. I'm seeing what may be their mindset. Okay, I-, I could see that, man. But I'm just saying at the end of the day, like going into the draft, Getting younger players isn't going to be the thing that's going to fix this team. What's going to fix the San Antonio Spurs and change the the culture from losing to a winning mindset is you have to surround these players with a better quality of player, meaning you're going to have to go ahead and cut some of these players loose, use some of your draft capital, and get some quality veteran players that can bring that winning culture back to San Antonio. You need to go after some, some better names, you know, and I'm not saying go out there and go after some of the biggest all-stars out there. Yeah. But you need to bring in something to help this team. There's a reason why veteran leadership is important, man. And, and there's a reason why teams like, I don't know, the Detroit Lions buckle compared to the Niners. There's a reason why the Ravens buckle compared to the Chiefs is because the Chiefs have been there and done that. That experience, that you have that Super Bowl experience. That's it. You know? That's it. Hey, I was uh, reading online earlier this weekend. Uh, if we go to pop culture news, we want to put the animation on. Sure. Let me go ahead and get that ready. I found it funny, by the way, uh, if you want to go onto to my screen here. Yeah. Um, remember Sharon Stone? Oh, I remember her, yeah. The, the actress Sharon Stone famously showed uh, her... Uh, hoo-ha in basic instinct back yeah. in the day Th- that that is considered to be the most uh paused moment <laughs> in sports in, in in movie history basic instinct one of the classic movies of the 90s i have seen that movie it was actually a really good movie she's having a hard time finding love she's now 65 years old for her age very attractive still but she is going on tinder and bumble and has been going on for months trying to find love and she says that what she sees is that there's some people who don't believe that it's really her and that there's some guys over there who are not very nice and she mentioned how she had a date with a guy who was crying about his breakup and that she had to like counsel him through a breakup god can you imagine going online and seeing sharon stone over there who in san antonio would be the most 
popular, the most famous celebrity that you could see on a San Antonio Tinder or a San Antonio Bumble, who would that be? Famous here, San Antonio. Famous in San Antonio. Damn, I don't know. Would it man. be like a like a like a news reporter here in town? Is that what it would be? Or maybe somebody that's like an uh, an actress or something, you know? But somebody from San Antonio. Do you know who I think would be the most famous person? Who? It'd be Maddie, Maddie Sky. Really? I think she'd probably be the most famous person if she was to ever be on so on, on that. I'm not sure if she is or not. Yeah. But I threw that out there. I think before her would have been Vanessa Macias, but she married Tim Duncan. True. You know, but think about that. Think about that. You have Sharon Stone trying dating apps right now. I find that to be funny. But I mean, she's of a certain age now. So it's like the people that you're dating are they around your same age? Are you going after younger guys? I'm like, what are you doing? Did you also hear the story about Britney Spears versus Justin Timberlake this weekend? No, I didn't hear about that. Okay, so uh, earlier this year, or what may have been late last year, there was a controversy involving Britney Spears because Britney Spears uh, made mention of the fact that she had an abortion oh, yeah. early in her life and that the father, she claims, was Justin Timberlake. And she says that Justin Timberlake gave her crap because uh, – you know, wrote that song Cry Me a River and all that stuff, and people kind of canceled Justin Timberlake, right? Uh, but Justin Timberlake had a uh, number one song hit the charts, and it was the first time in a long time that he had had a hit song. It's a song called Selfish, and it's a music video that he, that came out, right? It's part of a new album that's coming out March 15th, and the, the uh, single made it to number one on the video charts, which I didn't know was a thing, but music videos are still a thing, right? So what Britney Spears fans did was they gathered together and they all started watching the video Oops, I Did It Again from the early 2000s. Oh, God. look at And this. that song became number one. We got our, our viewer from the Netherlands here. <laughs> the Sharon Stone date across the ocean. <laughs> Thanks for watching across the the world over there in the Netherlands. Is that the across way. the pond? Is that what we call it these days? Across the pond. <laughs> Gert Vanderkrip. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Uh, did you see this story on People the other day? It was about uh, three Kansas City Chiefs fans who died. That's what? No, I didn't see that. It says here, according to People Magazine, people.com, the Kansas City Police Department reiterated Saturday that there is no signs of foul play after three Chiefs fans mysteriously were found dead at a friend's house earlier this month. They had just been watching the game. And people believe, the speculation is, is that they may have gone outside to kind of chill out in the snow. May have had, a, a, now allegedly, this is the allegations, not any proof of this. But the belief is that they may have uh, taken a little something. And froze to death. The hell? <laughs> Jesus, man. Damn. So the homeowner is being like looked into, and he's like, I didn't do anything. Just three of my friends died. Can you imagine having a, a, a Spurs viewing party or a Super Bowl, Super Bowl party over here and three of your friends dying? That's and and nuts, you be man. like, yeah, I did nothing over here, man. I did nothing. And we'll have another watch party. Nobody will die this time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the, let me tell you, this is the craziest story that I ever heard. Because long a while back, I would do Uber, right? Yeah. Way back when. And one of the craziest stories that I ever heard in my life is I picked up this young girl. 
she was probably like mid 20 somethings 26 yeah 27 so they're going out and i'm dropping them off over here at the shops at la cantera because they're going to go to some little bar that's in that that shopping center right okay so i'm picking them up here off of alamo ranch and driving them over there and it and i'm just listening to music and everything hey put on this whatever all right the conversation goes the girl is like, yeah, we're trying to plan our trip to Vegas. She's talking with her girlfriend in the back of the car. And she's like, yeah, you know, the last time we took so-and-so and, -so and uh, yeah, not everybody made it back. You know, she goes, one of the girls went off and kind of like overdosed in, an, in a, a hotel room. Yeah. Holy and she's crap. like, yeah, hopefully this time no one will die this time. I'm like, what the hell is going on, dude? That's like that's wild, dude. That that is that is wild. like they party party, man. That's that was crazy. Here's a story that I had read earlier in the weekend as well, talking about celebrities on dating apps. We talked about Sharon Stone. Uh, Drew Barrymore is on a dating app, and she said she got catfished. Oh God! That she claimed that the guy that she uh, matched with claimed to be a football player with the L.A. Rams. She went out, and the guy was a uh, musician who was a failed musician instead. She says she feels like she's getting duped. But I'll, what I'll do get, the girls uh, think? You go on these dating apps. What do you think's gonna happen, man? Like, come on. I mean, these guys are just gonna go out there and tell you the truth. I mean, they're probably intimidated for one. Do they really believe that's Drew Barrymore? You know, right? Yeah. And they'd be like, "Well, I'm gonna lie too." And then they go up there and like, "Oh crap! It really was her." <laughs> Drew Barrymore is an interesting get, man. You know, can you imagine going out on, on a date with her? I mean, what would you ask her? You know, how do you how do you go out on a date with somebody who's famous? You know, do you, do you ask her, hey, uh, I loved you in 51st Dates? You know, I, yeah. You know, uh, I loved you. What, what was she in in the 80s? Was she in Poltergeist or? She was in E.T., e Poltergeist, e yeah. Firestarter, you know. She was in some some movies. Look at Jonathan C., better a failed musician than her ex, Tom Green. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Okay, let's talk about Tom Green right now. What the hell ever happened to that guy, man? I, I'm sure he's living off of royalties of something right now. But did you ever see the movie Road Trip? No, yeah, dude. We saw that With one. Tom Green? That was a great movie, dude. One of my favorite lines in the movie is the is the guy that's the stoner, and uh, he's talking about how they're taking the 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 off the beaten path, off you know these side roads to yeah. get to where they're going, and uh, he's one of the guys complains about it, and he goes he goes dude it's called a shortcut, it's supposed to be a challenge. If it was easy, it'd just be called the way. I love that <laughs> line. The other, the other, the other, the other great one was uh, Sean William Scott, who famously played Stifler on American Pie. Oh yeah, when he's do donating sperm because they need money for the trip. I remember that. And again, he goes, "I need some professional assistance." <laughs> and the nurse is taking him into this this room, and he's like, "So, uh, do those uh, stockings go all the way up, or are they just thigh high?" Yeah, and uh, she starts. She starts giving him a uh, a a, a, a uh, rectal exam. She shoves fingers in. Oh god! <laughs> and he's like, "Stop! Keep going! Stop! Keep going!" <laughs> oh, what a great movie! Road Trip is a wild movie, and dude. Then he then he finishes and he's like, "That was awesome!" Oh my god, that's that was a hell of a movie, man. But you know, I'm telling you, you still got to watch the movie Zap, bro. <laughs> Jonathan C says, 
or when the skinny guy bangs the big girl and she oh, gives him her God. underwear and the skinny that. guy shows it off and they say what did she do skin a cheetah <laughs> i boinked her that's what he said i boinked her it was like the skinniest guy there too the nerdy looking dude i remember that hey the nurse was hot though dude they took her to uh took him to the uh the the, the, the room. hospital room yeah some professional assistance <laughs> Oh my God! We also got to see uh, a half-naked uh, Amy Smart, who was also in the movie Varsity Blues back in the day. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, very, very cool. Uh, speaking of road trip, Euro Trip was a very good movie as well. <laughs> I don't think I saw Euro Trip, dude. Dude, you never saw Euro Trip? No. Um, uh, can I can I show you somebody that was in the movie? Yeah. So there's a scene in the movie. Who is that right there? Oh, Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon plays um, a, a a rock singer who is dating Fiona. Fiona is the girlfriend of the main character. Oh, God. I want to sing that song, Scotty Doesn't Know. I want to sing that at karaoke one night. You know, Scotty doesn't know that Fiona and me do it in my van every Sunday. She tells him she's at church, but she doesn't go. Uh, that's a great song for karaoke and my favorite line in that song is a dinner on his birthday <laughs> scotty doesn't know scotty doesn't know oh, God. <laughs> hey i just got a text message right now shout out to my daughter she made the dean's list over very at cool like congratulations to her congratulations that's amazing man yeah and and your son's going to be a, a red raider i don't know he's gotten several offers already from several colleges but you know, he was uh, wanting to go to Texas Tech, and we got the good news uh, late last week that he did get accepted. So now we're just waiting to hear about scholarship. money. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah show exactly. me the money. Uh, Chris Gonzalez is out and says Eurotrip is better than Road Trip. Um, here's the thing about it um, both are good. If I had to choose the, my favorite of the two, I would probably say Eurotrip is a little bit better. Uh, part of it because of the song and the Matt Damon references to it all. <laughs> but uh, the, the reason why Matt Damon was in that movie, by the way, not credited, so he's not even on the credits, even though he's in that movie for a very pivotal role in the movie, is because I believe he was college roommates with the writers of that movie. Ah, uh, okay. So Matt Damon, <laughs> even though he was a big star, goes off and does that cameo, which was amazing. And again, that song was fantastic. Uh, I think Lustra was the name of the, so uh, the band that did it. Very, very cool, man. Very, very cool. Yeah, man. Garrett, who should know this because he's in Europe, says you should watch Eurotrip. Speaking of which, he's from Holland, right? He's from the Netherlands, which is Amsterdam, is is in that area. Is it's it's there. Yeah. There's a scene where they go to Amsterdam where they're going to the red light district. And think they're going to a sex dungeon. Oh God. And they give him a they give him a safe word. <laughs> And the safe word was so fucking hard to say that he couldn't say it. And who was the girl who played Xena, the, the warrior princess? Oh, Lucy Lawless. I'm going to look her up real fast. Here she is as a dominatrix in the, in the movie. <laughs> what a great scene, dude. What a great scene. And even better is Lucy Lawless getting mad uh, during the, uh, the the blooper reel at the end of the movie. Oh, man. 
you know, he's telling she's telling him she's telling him to shut up because he's laughing too much. God, dude, Xena Warrior Princess, dude, that was that was a thing for a while. <laughs> Those were like like I was at the end or early two thousands. I think that was a, what it, when they came out, right? Yeah, early two thousands, late nineties, something like that. Garrett says Deuce Bigelow movies are fun too. Okay, first of all. Deuce hey, Bigelow is a great movie. It's great. Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. Okay, first of all, one of the one of the lines in there when that girl's at the at the shop, the the, the pet store, he's like, "I want some of the snails from the bottom, so that so she gets all oh, yeah. <laughs> cake." So, it's just been a big mistake. See, steak, steak, <laughs> cakes and pies, cakes and the, pies. The funny thing was when he hung himself upside down. And he got stuck, and then he finally comes un- untethered, yeah. and he breaks the whole fish tank and everything, dude. My job is to give women pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> or was it they had Eddie Griffin in the hot tub, just like Doritos all over the place. <laughs> Eating the ham? <laughs> I'm like, dude. Eating the ham that's floating in the water? <laughs> he's just like in the tub, hot tub with him. He's just like, what the hell's you, going on? You're a man whore. <laughs> And then you have Amy Poehler, who was like, you know, an unknown at the time as the girl that has uh, Tourette syndrome. Oh, God, I remember that. <laughs> he takes her to the baseball game. <laughs> 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 just just yell at the pitchers. You'll be fine. <laughs> and they had that other girl, the one that was like a narcoleptic or something. She kept falling asleep everywhere. And then the tall girl. Yeah. The tall girl. That's a big bitch. <laughs> but he was... <laughs> Oh man! Oh my goodness! Yeah, uh, Garrett say you should watch the scene of Amsterdam of Deuce Bigelow, uh, European Gigolo. I remember that they did go over there. Yeah, that was the sequel. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, Euro trip one in Amsterdam was uh, they believe that they go to a bakery that's serving pot brownies, and they 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 believe that they're all high, and then they find out at the very end that it's just a regular brownie that they've just been acting stupid the entire time for no reason. Yeah. Good times, man. Good times. This is the this is both nostalgic and pop culture when it comes to it. <laughs> Everybody loves this talk, this segment of the show. Oh my goodness, we had no idea we were going there. I, I haven't seen Lucy Lawless like this. I'm gonna find where this is streaming and watch it today. It's Jeez. a great movie. I, I did her on his birthday. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, uh, Michelle Trachtenberg is in Eurotrip. She's smoking hot. She was in Buffy back in the day. Oh, I remember her. Yeah, yeah. She was a good four seed back in the day. And I did read the comments that someone posted earlier saying that some case at sports anchor is a three seed. Uh, I have no idea who you're talking about. I, I just looked up her photo. I'm not going to comment on a lot of reporters because I used to do that for a living, so I'm not going to. Yeah. Uh, but uh, apparently, he's uh, intrigued. He thinks that a KSAT sports anchor is a nugget. My sister, by the way, told me yesterday that she hates the word nugget. Oh, God. I, it, it's part she of. She listens to the show. Yeah. It's part of the whole thing of this show. I mean, the word nugget yeah. it means something. Like a gold nugget, man. You know? That's right. Valuable. Yeah. There's value in that. She hates the word nugget. So Spurs tonight going for three wins in a row. A winning streak is what they'd be doing. Uh, I got to find out who's favored to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 58? It's probably going to be the Chiefs, dude. Let's see here. Super Bowl 58, which is uh, in two weeks. San Francisco favored by one. Wow. A one-point spread. 
Dude, Brock Purdy, if he wins a ring, he has to be considered elite at that point. I mean, I, I kind of feel like he should be already. But it's you see the so discrepancy bizarre. with the, the pay as far as quarterbacks? Yeah, he makes uh, just under $1 million a year right now. And Mahomes is like at 450 or something. 45 crazy, a year for dude. 10 years. Yeah. Like nuts. That's crazy, man. Hey, thank you again for supporting this show. Like, subscribe, hit that like button on the way out. And don't forget to send this out to friends and family and coworkers and things like that. Let them know that we're doing what we're doing. Uh, this is a fun show. This is a fun time. Uh, we get going around 10, 10, 15 every day, Monday through Friday. This is fun, man. But I hope everyone has a fantastic Monday. Reach out to me. I'm at MJ Acquired Taste on Twitter. Joe is at Two Shots Pack Podcast at Twitter. Uh, but everyone have a fantastic day, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace, boys. We'll see you all tomorrow. Thank you.